I'm in love with the cocoa. I, I, I've been bumping OT a lot lately. I'm OT. What's the I, new I, OT I, obsession. I mean, he's got three songs, right? But they're, they're, they give me, they get me where I got to get to. All right. How, how, I mean, all right. I, I, I sense a little hateration on OT Genesis. <laughs> no hateration. The guy just kind of like does the same thing. Like he's just very like, kind of like drill stick how to like uh, uh, uh. like he just does the same thing like all of his hooks sound exactly the same i mean i'm not discrediting right but like <laughs> do you, I mean, you need no. me to throw that back again the, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> look man it's not for coco does sound different than cut it and uh push it. it yeah all right you're hey right, you're right let's make this uh let's have a good week let's end the week strong let's start the let's show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome in. Guess what? Two episodes, one week. Jason Spells, New York City, Brandon Edler, LA. This is what you heard. Uh, B, you know, we take that last episode on Wednesday. We, we finished around 1130 a.m., bro. I thought it was a good show. Uh, but then literally everything we talked about was irrelevant 45 minutes later. That's facts, man. And I don't know. Two, two shows in one week. We might just have to start at OnlyFans and, you know, get this behind paid wall. We're doing OnlyFans again. Yeah. Pretty I think lucky. They are trying to sell podcasts, but like, look, if you're paying five dollars for someone's podcast, they ripping y'all. <laughs> they are. I'm just being straight up. Uh, you see the rundown. What What do you want to start with this week? Let, let's start. No, let's start with Henry Ruggs. I let's, I want to get this because I feel like this is like the hardest conversation out of all of them, and then the rest of it we can kind of coast. But man, let, yeah, let's start with Henry Ruggs. Um, all right, you know, before we get into it, let's listen to Derek Carr. I will always be here for him. Um, that won't change, and I'll prove that over the course of time to him, um, not to anybody else. Uh, but uh, he needs people to love him right now. Um, he's probably feeling a certain type of way about himself right now, and he needs to be loved. And uh, if no one else will do it, I'll do it. So that's that's just that 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 statement right there. It's like you feel for the victim, right? Tina Tintor, I believe, is the young woman's name who who died. She was, she was basically burned alive in her RAV4. You saw, we've seen the video of Henry sobbing after the wreck with his um, girlfriend and significant other holding. This is just such a sad story in every angle, right? Because there's a loss of a life. So we, we, we will never not acknowledge the tragic loss of a life. But everything we're seeing out of Henry Ruggs' reactions, the people around him, even Nick Saban weighed in, the man is devastated. This was not a, this was a horrible, horrible crime, but not in a malicious way. Right. It was a horrible mistake with unintended consequences that led to a crime. Yeah, he was, they said nearly double the legal limit. So 0.16, most states is 0.08, same with Nevada, 0.16. He was driving 150 miles per hour. And then he saw that at RAV4, he decelerated and, made impact at 127 miles per hour with the gas tank of that RAV4. Um, eyewitness reports where they heard the screaming and yelling. People ran out there, but they were overcome by the smoke and fumes. They couldn't get to Miss Tintor to pull her out. Man. That's yeah, rough. It's, uh, it is. It is. And it's like, you know, everybody said what they needed to say about the situation. I mean, like, even, you know, I'm an avid Reddit user. Like, every 
every forum where it's talking about him has been locked and they're no longer taking new conversations because there's nothing else to be said. This guy made a heinous mistake at a very young age and it, it, it cost him his career. I mean, the legal minimum in the state and of his for what happened is, yeah, I mean, two years in jail. And well, so, so you know, he's, he's, he's charged with two felonies, right? So like depending right. on the sentencing and how the, if the judge wants him to serve them com- concurrently or separately, he could go to jail from anywhere two years to 26 years. One crime carries a two-year right. to 20-year. The other crime carries a one-year to six-year. So if the sentencing it's judge says it's not concurrent, he could look at, I mean, he's in his early 20s now. He could be in his 50s before he gets out of prison. Yeah. Yeah, and you talk about the video of him sobbing on the ground. And, you know, I talked to you offline. You know, I'd seen a video when he went into court just to look in his eyes. And it's like, this guy made every mistake. And, you know, obviously, Tina Tintor is the real victim of this situation. Her family, her friends, you know, somebody who was lost for just being on the road at the wrong time. I, I, I guess I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. It, just, it does. It breaks my heart. Like something that's so avoidable and it, it, this young man's life is ruined. And I've, I've always been very high on Henry Ruggs. I've been waiting for him to break out in Oakland. And, it, you know, I think Derek Carr did the right thing. And I think we need to remember this just more and more that, you know, somebody made a mistake doesn't mean you need to just bury them automatically. And I think, you know, we have a tendency to do that, especially people that have no real emotional connection to somebody. But, you know, this young man needs love. He needs comfort. He needs people to be in his corner because it's going to be the difference of how he kind of rehabilitates himself coming out of this whole situation is everybody just gives up on him. What's he have to push forward for? But uh, a lot of respect for Derek Carr. I've said this on the show a few times as a player that I have a lot of respect for him. And I don't think he gets enough, you know, he doesn't get his flowers per se, but you know, as a person too, you know, that's what Antonio Brown said about him. That was one of the main reasons he wanted to go to the Raiders because he really had a lot of love for Derek Carr. A lot of other players say that. And, you know, just good to see that this organization that is having a hell of a year, you know, still being able to kind of build around each other as a family and take care of each other. And, you know, it's just to be corny, but thoughts and prayers with everybody. It's, it's just a really tough situation. Yeah, Derek Carr said some, um, some pretty moving words after the John Gruden situation, too. We won't rehash that. So from one quarterback to another, different situation um, in their use of words. Aaron Rodgers. Not vaccinated, immunized, not vaccinated. Um, once again, last week we, we talked about Aaron Rodgers with the Pushaisty, with the John Wick going in Arizona, how yo, he was, yo, he was the he was the whole vibe. And then once again, two hours later, we come out and hear this. Um, you can you can do your play on words all you want to. We've stressed it numerous times on this show, right? Like that's your choice what you do with your body in any sense of the word, your body, your choice. Right. But you have professional consequences. And that's what he's going to experience. And some of that will also be personal because people will feel, hey, man, this guy, whether it's right or wrong, and they have no real basis, like his decision didn't impact their day-to-day life, um, they feel lied to because he said he was immunized. I I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I think it's justified. Like, at the end of the day, there's no way to mince words Aaron Rodgers lied. And he, you know, not only lied, he was on in front of the media on television he, he did it with a smirk he thought he kind of got over on everybody which makes the situation a little bit worse like you know this is the kind of shit you expect from a 16 year old when you're a parent you know talking about curfew or did you take care of your chores or something like you know kind of worded in a way that makes it seem like they did what they needed to when they're really like 
Aaron Rodgers is too old to be doing that. He's a grown ass man. He's not 25. He's not 23. He is what, 41, 40, no, 38, something like that. Anyways, almost 40 years old. And, you know, he's had such a, he's kind of one of those guys who, you know, kind of carries himself as if he doesn't really do anything wrong a lot of times too. And I think that's what makes the matters a lot worse is, you know, he kind of carries himself as this North star of like, you know, moral correctness and, and to do this and to, you know, see everything else that's been going on with Cole Beasley, with other football players, obviously the Kyrie situation. At least yeah, they're vocal foolish. though, right? Like, I mean, so right, Cole right. Beasley and Kyrie talk too damn much, but at least you know where they stand. They don't try to mince words. They don't try to right. straddle a fence. They don't sit there and try to make it sound as if, well, you know, I believe in science. I support everything, but I'm also not really doing what I'm telling you I'm doing. Uh, yeah, the last part I was going to say is, you know, you and I were talking last night about the Jason Williams and Stephen A. Smith debate. You know, they had kind of talked about this and I thought it was an interesting conversation because, you know, Stephen A., I think he hit it head on. Like, I think moving forward, we'll always kind of take what Aaron Rodgers says with a grain of salt, knowing that, you know, this is not the first time that he's really meticulously crafted a narrative that made him look better. He has a tendency of doing that. He's really so good he's at like it. So he's like the Taylor Swift of the NFL? exactly he is the Taylor Swift okay. with the nfl and that is the title of the show right there boom um, right there right <laughs> but then <laughs> no, the other I mean, like, good point the, that was, the issue with aaron yeah. Rodgers is this right he always thinks he's the smartest guy in a room much like exactly Kyrie, but he's also very much kind of into french things you hear about backup quarterbacks who would say you know you're in practice you're talking about crazy things he would talk about ufos he would talk about outlandish homeopathic stuff so he's just kind of always like a free spirit and so the issue with the mm-hmm. free spirit is always like It's cool to be around until it's not cool. In the previous episode, we kind of talked about how, like, the narrative had changed of Aaron Rodgers and he was more approachable. He seemed more like your everyday man. And then this Mm -hmm. happens. So we'll see. He's out at least until the 13th, but that's the Saturday before uh, their next game, before next Sunday, obviously. So he might miss the next two games. Keep in mind, this is his last year in Green Bay. And he was trying to make it sound like he loves coaches, he loves the fans, he loves his teammates. He might give Jordan Love all they need for the next two weeks to determine, you know what, playboy? We're going to go ahead and let you walk. We, we tired of this. We ain't going to play this Brett Favre situation. We're going to let you carry your ass on somewhere else. Speaking of people carrying their ass on somewhere else, once again, we talked about this on Wednesday at 1030 in the morning. Odell okay. Beckham Sr. dropped that video. And then today, the Browns release Odell Beckham Jr., it's crazy. If you would have told me that was going to happen at the beginning of the year, that he would just flat out get dropped like that. You said season-ending injury, or they end up trading him. This, I wouldn't have expected it. And it's been surprising. Like, you know, obviously anybody that listens to this somewhat routinely knows that I'm a fairly good, big Baker Mayfield fan, kind of conceding that he's probably not going to be the player that I was hoping he was going to be. But that being said, there was a part of me that was like, you know what, this probably is just as much Baker as Odell. Like, I just need to accept that. I need to stop romanticizing this guy because you know he wasn't Johnny Manziel he ended up proving himself to be a lot better and I thought he was gonna be x y and z but anyways you know there's been a lot of players that have come forth I thought you were just supporting Baker because you had like an investor stake in progressive insurance (laughs) I genuinely thought that I was like the the, the only way someone can ride this hard is as a fiduciary responsibility if, I mean, like, if you know me, though, Baker aligns with the kind of players you support. Like, Baker is kind of an Allen Iverson type player. He's a bit of an underdog. A lot of people. I was going to go with, like, people. short, somewhat athletic white players. That's what I was going to say. There you go. That, too. But um, <laughs> what I was going to say is, 
the thing that's come out of it, though, that's been surprising is there have been a lot of players that have came forward and said Odell's been a cancer to the locker room, basically. Like, he's been very standoffish, doesn't talk to people. You know, he kind of carries himself in, you know, the regard that you would think a superstar would carry themselves. Like, you watch The Last Dance, they talk about Michael couldn't really interact with everybody. He was kind of his own entity, and then it was the rest of the team. Odell's not that kind of player anymore. And it's crazy because I tweeted something like, do people really think Odell Beckham Jr. is a wide receiver one in the NFL? Yo, and and the, crazy, that... the crazy thing is, like, I responded to you like, they do, judging by the comments, but they're delusional. Yeah. And you know how right. many people responded to me, well, both of us, uh, including my homeboy, Darius Butler, cornerback for the, uh, formerly for the New England Patriots, Indianapolis Colts. A uh, friend of mine, we follow each other's social media, had the pleasure of working with him when he played in Indianapolis. And he responded with uh, the Will Smith gif. He's like, Odell Beckham is a wide receiver number one. So, like, you even see people with extensive NFL experience, right? Like, I didn't play in the league. I just covered it. But, like, I respect Darius Butler. He played into the league. He understands what to see in wide receivers. Even he came to the defense of Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I just don't see it. I mean, I'm not trying to say that he's still not a great receiver, but he he never was what anybody said he was. Like, he's had a couple – we've been through this so many times, so I keep going through it. And I don't want to take away from Odell. Like, I, I'm a hater on him, and I don't think he's a talented receiver. He is. He's just not as talented to be carrying himself and acting the way he is. He's acting like he's Randy Moss in 1999 and that he's an undeniable receiver that should get 10 looks a game. It's not the case anymore. And you know what? Not every quarterback and receiver fits. Get over it. Move on. I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't even know if this is mathematically possible. I'm just going to throw this out there. Los Angeles Rams. They let go of Deshaun. They got space. I don't know if the numbers work, but I'm going to throw Los Angeles Rams out there. Rams already proven that'd be interesting. They're buyers. They're buyers in every sense of the word right now. They're all in to win it. And if they think he can help them win, and he would love to be in LA, Nike would love for him to be in LA. LeBron, Drake would love for Odell Beckham to be in LA. I just don't think that the Rams have a 2029 draft pick to trade to get. Like, no, he's released. They can just sign him. Oh, yeah, that's right. They can. They just, he has to go through waivers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that would be a good look. And well, Cooper Cup is usually due to get hurt right around now every season. So that's probably not a bad idea to get a little insurance at the receiver position. Just throw that out there. Wait and see. Wait and see. I, if I, I, I just I, – I don't know if it works from the offensive standpoint or the number standpoint. I'm just saying the Rams are buyers. Anything they can buy that they think will help them win a Super Bowl, they are buyers. I keep hearing well, the Chiefs name a lot too. I mean, yeah, but the Chiefs need a lot more help than just Odell Beckham Jr. right now. That's just uh, help, help needs to go to Phoenix Suns organization. And what is it about Chris Paul? And this is actually not a knock on Chris Paul. This is just a happenstance, right? Like he was playing for the Clippers when their owner was recorded saying racist comments to his mistress, Donald Sterling, former owner of the LA Clippers. We now have an ESPN story, which was very long. I'll be honest. I didn't read the whole thing because it was kind of redundant. But mm-hmm. the owner of the Phoenix Suns, Sarver, he was done, he was profiled in a ESPN article uh, saying racist, including the N-word multiple times, um, as well as saying misogynistic things and providing a toxic, sexist work environment within the Phoenix Suns organization. Chris Paul, now a player for the Phoenix Suns organization. And so once again, it was not a knock on Chris Paul, it's just observation. Once again, he, he kind of, it's always around when this happens. 
Chris Paul came out mm-hmm. and recently said that he and Devin Booker and the team, they're strong. Monty Williams, their head coach, African-American man. They're focused on the team and following up their NBA Finals run from a season ago. But these allegations are, you know, are strong. They seem to be well vetted. Now, there are some great areas in which the legal defense for Robert Sauber is coming out and saying, well, we're not going to answer this. We unequivocally deny this. No one can corroborate this. But it's another black eye for the National Basketball Association, a progressive basketball association, the most progressive athletic association in the country. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to look at it anytime there's so many allegations like that and be like, he's good. You know, him and his lawyers can come up with as many different phrases of how they categorically deny or how something categorically didn't happen. You know, I'm tired of reading the same five phrases from rich people every time they get put in this position. A hundred people aren't lying on you, my guy. You know, as somebody who has been fortunate, you know, from a work standpoint to be in rooms sometimes with executives of that level, like I've seen things happen in the past where somebody might make a comment that isn't ideal and by lunchtime it turns into something completely different that's just the reality and Mm -hmm. i think that's the case with sarver to a certain degree i think there's probably a certain level of people taking things that happen and just like really turning it into a much bigger fable than it really is but with that being said there's still the underlying comment that are being made like there's and there's there's other versions where earl watson former coach of the phoenix suns said Sarver used the N-word right. heavily in a conversation right. between the two. Right, and that's where I was about to go with it, too. I was about to go into saying, like, you know, you can't ignore all the smoking guns if that many people are saying it. Maybe not every story is as, as deep as they're trying to make it, but then you go into the, exactly what you said with the coach with Watson. Uh, you know, there was a, a story about a female staffer who was pregnant, and it was around the time they were supposed to be hosting the All-Star game. Like, when it's one-on-one, one-on-two interactions like that, those are the ones that I have a hard time not believing somebody. Like, what is, you know, what does Coach Watson have any kind of incentive to lie on that and to come up yeah. with those details? Like, when there's a big group of people in a room, that's how lies happen. It's really easy for people to misconstrue and change up those stories. But there was too many of those one-on-one situations, especially a common theme of him thinking that he had, you know, basically the approval to say things because he's quoting people, which... You know, whether it's race, I mean, really, it sounded like it was more of a race thing than anything else when he was doing that. Yeah, that's not okay. Like, this guy needs to be let go. There's no reason he should be involved in that. But even, you know, we talk about, like, the the direct, like, headshots like that. But even just creating an environment where he, like, constantly, like, wanted people to feel like he owned them, that they were, you know, their loyalty was to him, like, literally using the term, like, is that one of mine? I own them it's just put all of it together like what else needs to be said like it's just done like I, I don't know why if I'm Sarver just walk away man maybe you think that it wasn't as bad as it was but you fucked up and you know it and it's time power to bro on. and it's just power. getting so Money, power cool. that's what it boils down to it really that's what does, it boils down but it's like you're shaming your name you're shaming your friends your family you're making the, the organization, Phoenix Suns organization dreadful like you, you but you, there's no way that Sarver doesn't know like he may not think in the the back of his mind that he really committed some heinous act but you have to know like yeah dude you're messing up you're ruining things you're hurting people around you it's time to just swallow your pride and move on so this was a big story it hasn't completely blown up um but the nba is now beginning a formal investigation so we'll see what happens 
the difference of this is it's, it's hearsay, my word versus someone else's or two or three people yep. or sources. Whereas with the Donald Sterling situation, we had the tape, we had the sounds. We, because, you know, there were rumors that Donald Sterling, not rumors, he actually was involved in a number of racist things, including predatory lending and slumlords in Los Angeles. However, that was, we got him on tape, and that's what led to his demise, where he was forced mm -hmm. to sell the Clippers. Give us three more minutes while we get on Brandon's number one style, fashion, music icon. Um, oh, I, 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 look, I know you've changed your approach on Kanye West. But he was on Drunk Drink Champions last night. You actually told me about the show that Noriega does. What, 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 yeah. what, what, what? A big Noriega fan. He, he, Noriega and Neptunes categorically changed the, 20, the tw 2000s, the early aughts. Yep. Their beats, yep. his rap flow, marriage made in Sonic Heaven. So yep. now Nori's doing the podcast interview sitch, Drink Champions, where you drink, look, uh, ask questions. They smoke weed, too, on the show. Last night they had Kanye. And... I hopped on the gram. I see some comments he had. I'm like, oh, this must be out. I had never watched the show before. You told me about it when I was in LA. So I chose last night to watch it. And apparently I caught it as it was live premiering on YouTube. We're not going to go down a full rundown of a two hour show. We're just going to say this. He named dropped celebrities about 50 times. He took shots at Common. John Legend said Big Sean was signing Big Sean was the worst disappointment or biggest disappointment he's ever had. Also took shots at Talib Kweli, Just Blaze, Drake, Virgil Abloh, Nike, white people in general, Vice President Kamala Harris, Charlemagne the God. He said him and Kim are not divorced. He hasn't been served the papers yet. She's drawn them up. He hasn't served them. He doesn't like her publicist, nor the manis for his kids, and he kept taking shots at Hulu. Why Hulu? Your guess is literally as good as mine. I think I have a guess because even with your paid subscription to Hulu, you still get served ads sometimes. Even Kanye might get drove crazy by that. It drives me crazy. <laughs> well, he just kept saying, he said something like, like talking about, you know, Kim E. That's still my family, Hulu. That's still my family, yeah. Hulu. He said it like three <laughs> times. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if Hulu's trying to break your family up, but I digress. He said we need to cancel Black History Month and create a Black Future Month. You all know how I feel about Kanye and the ignorant shit he says. Those who yeah, don't man, know their past yeah. are doomed to repeat it. That's why we need Black History Month. But we also can outline the success growths of African-Americans going forward. This by far is one of the worst stream of consciousness I've ever... Consciousness? Conscious stream of conscience. However you say it. Uh, it was horrible. Right, He's sitting there. Kanye can't dress. I'm going to say that too. He's not a style icon. Oh, he said... If you call him Kanye West a rapper, you're calling him the N-word. He's more than that. I mean, he might be more than that, but that's a really oh, weird way to I forgot frame the what last people thing. mean about him. He, he, yeah. His peers, he's he, so whatever, his peers are Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Bernard Arnault, who is the richest man in the world, owner of LVMH. And Kanye considers himself one of those. He's going to take himself public as a publicly traded company and get to the $1 trillion mark. Um, I want yeah, to know what they were drinking. A lot to unpack in it. Usually Hennessy. They usually have I Hennessy on the show. I, I, look, I drink Henny. Oh, but Ciroc, I, I, Ciroc or Henny. I can't drink Henny if I'm going to be thinking all these things. I mean, well, Henny was the infamous drink of choice during the Taylor Swift thing at the MTV Awards. So maybe, maybe Henny is just not, you know, maybe dark liquor is just not Kanye's thing. But... A lot to unpack there. None of this really shocks me. I mean, you know, like you said, this this was somebody 
you know, growing up in the Midwest, especially outside of Chicago, like I used to get Kanye mixtapes back when I thought his name was Kane West. Didn't even know how to pronounce it. I'd never heard oh, anybody it's say it. Yay now. Just yay. No, yeah, no just yay West, now. Just yay. But That's this is thing. back in like 2001, 2002. And, you know, huge fan, even through the Taylor stuff, all that, whatnot. Well, but we, obviously we the last Taylor, couple so of years. Listen to them yeah. in the show. We, last couple of years. Taylor though, here. Yeah. He's, in, he's impossible to follow. He's impossible to like really take any value what he says because every day he just seems to like say something to get a bigger reaction on the whole situation look i don't think kanye's been the same guy since his mother passed away and i don't know him close obviously i really know him at all so it's tough for me to speculate on that but it just feels like this dude never really healed from that tried to keep busy with work continues to try to find value in his creations and it's like no guy i think you need to just like soothe your soul a little bit take a little time not worry about money, not worry about your recognition within culture, just really find like what, you know, what matters to you because look, I, I don't know anything about his relationship with Kim. I can't imagine being married to a Kardashian, all the pressure, all the media, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that really sours a relationship really quick, but you know, if this guy healed from that situation, he might be in a situation where he's still with his family and things are a little bit better, or he might not even been in that situation to begin with. But anyways, I'm rambling on now like Kanye, like he just needs to take a step back. He really does. Like he's taking shots at so many people that helped really elevate his career. Talib Kweli was the first person to put him on tour. Obviously him and Just Blaze, they're the reason that Rockefeller Records for about five years had one of the nastiest runs ever. Common, John Legend, I mean, John Legend, that was his roommate or his, his cousin's roommate in college. That's how he got discovered. It's just on and on, like this guy, Look, we, we all feel jaded about certain things. Like, you know, there's things within my industry that I feel jaded about. I feel like there's certain things I don't get attention or respect for. But it's like, I know that I don't market myself the same way they do. Like, I just don't, it's not me. So you just got to kind of let it go. But it's like, keep that shit internal, man. Like, it's okay. It's okay to have feelings like that. But going on that show, doing that for two and a half hours, like, it's just a bad look. I, I think people have just gotten to the point where, all the noise outside of music has really devalued what he's doing musically. And well, the noise in the music too, because the music's trash. Right. As far as like the brand Trillion, I don't know if that's going to happen, but he's proven himself. Like Yeezy as a brand is, it is up there. I don't know if those guys look at him as a peer. I'm sure like, is he ever in like circles with them? Does he actually have conversations with them? Like, I doubt it. It's pretty tough to call yourself a peer with those people, but Coming out of like hip hop music in general, yeah, he's probably going to be one of the more successful businessmen when it comes to stuff like that. So, you know, from a clothing, sneaker, whatever. Um, I don't know, man. I just wish Kanye the best. I wish him health and happiness and hopes he can kind of take care of himself. But to your point, last thing I'll say, Drink Champs, it's amazing. The Pharrell episode, like if, if any of you listen to this hasn't watched Drink Champs, start with the Pharrell episode. Best episode by far. I made the mistake of starting with Kanye, but now I'm going to Pharrell. Hey, as always, <laughs> thank y'all for listening to the podcast. Y'all know what the thing is. Like it, give us a like. If you love it, share it. Put your people on so they can put their people on. Y'all have a great weekend. It's getting cold most of the country, uh, except for L.A., where Brandon's still out there living, carousing, doing all the good stuff. It's cold as shit yeah. in New York City, but it is what it is. We'll check y'all out again next week.